This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Christmas Everest, a very sombre podcast today, almost funereal. We are mourning the passing of laughter. Yeah, the death of comedy. (laughs) There'll be no laughter here today. (laughs) This episode... It's the Les Dennis Laughter Show from the 22nd of December, 1990. And I did not want to be fucking returning to this gimp. <laughs> I mean, he was the subject, or half the subject, of one of our first episodes of this wretched series. Yeah, I think um, it was like the fourth episode. And there's a, there's a Dustin G-shaped hole next yeah. to him. And I was 13 in 1985. So by 1990, I was 18. So this this happened when I was an adult. <laughs> I would probably have watched this. I wouldn't have been particularly impressed by it. And I would have been 10. Let's begin at the very beginning. And that first couple of minutes of mock-ups of a Scottish television channel which seemed to imply that all Scottish people were drunks that they all eat haggis and that they all toss cabers they had superimposed the heads and bodies of prominent Tory politicians over the things yeah and and I mean the haggis was Michael Heseltine he starts off by doing this sub, 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 Morecambe and Wise <laughs> version of Winter Wonderland. Um, he's wandering around an indoor set, knocking things over by accident, or they're falling to pieces. It's, 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 it's a straight rip. Yeah. Of the Shirley Bassey. It's thing. heavily predicated also on the fact that he's wearing a sweater that is completely unfit for purpose. Yeah. The sleeves on this jumper of his are, I mean, dangerous. He's lucky that all that happened was that he got a fairly poor dance routine out. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem... The set was all right. The, the set was all right. Actually, I did kind of think... Uh, you felt sorry time. for the, uh, you know, the... Um, extras in there because they were all giving their best well no, I don't feel sorry for them you know they're getting they're getting paid for the gig um what, what more it's the les dennis laughter show what more do you expect but um the thing is that the Morecambe and wise sketch works because Morecambe and wise are both a inherently funny hmm. and b inherently charming um <laughs> I, I'm not <clears throat> sure that I can say the same for Les Dennis. Uh, he may be a perfectly nice man. I get the feeling that he is a very nice man. Yeah, and some people... Different people are funny in different ways. 
and some are just funny by their mannerisms and by who they are. Yeah. And that's not Les Dennis and certainly not in the same way as Morecambe and Wise. And I think he'd probably agree with that assessment. But... He's definitely a better game show host yeah, than he the, is a, yeah, a, the, a comic actor. Yeah, I mean, the point is... His gig is just being Les Dennis. It's going to draw that comparison because it's so similar. Yeah. There's no arguing about that as far as I can see. It's very, very similar to one of the most famous sketches by arguably the most famous and most beloved uh, comedy act that this country has ever produced. Yeah. It's too obvious a target to go for that, you know? And and that, that kind of annoyed me a bit. It feels disrespectful at the risk of sounding like a ponce of some sort. Without... It, it, just, it, it just does. It, well, yeah, I mean, you, you, but I think that any charge of, of you, you know, being a ponce, as you put it, <laughs> I, I think can be, can, be, can be allayed by the fact that if any listeners are, you know, have been listening all the way through this advent calendar, looking forward to the inevitable Morecambe and Wise Christmas programme. There isn't one. Uh, we'll just actually, I think it's only fair at this point, <laughs> 14 into proceedings, that we should point that out. These, these aren't going to get any better. No, I mean... What would be the point in that? Christmas Eve is an absolute treat and a national treasure. Yeah, and 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 a lot of you will already be aware of it. Thank but, you, thank you, combination of digital TV and internet. Yeah, yeah, but no, there but is it, no more common wise. There's, you don't get off that easy. We don't get off that no, easy. No, we, we, we get the Les Dennis laughter show night. Now the Dustin G shaped hole has been filled to a certain extent. By Ms. Lisa Maxwell. Yes. Now, Lisa Maxwell was an interesting character, and you know, still is. She's. I think she's gone on to be more famous for soap acting. Okay. She was in The Bill. She was in EastEnders. She was in, oh, you know, probably Holby or or everything. Right. Okay. And, and and a personality as well on on Loose Women. But at this point. Lisa Maxwell, who I think was 27 years old. Okay. She'd become like a, 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 the sort of breakout performer from the Russ Abbott show. Right. And the year after this, 1991, she had a series called The Lisa Maxwell Show. Yeah. Of which you'll be pleased I was unable to find any episodes. Oh, shucks. <laughs> um, I didn't bother looking her up. I've never seen a single minute of Loose Women. Never. I have no idea. Um, You know, the only thing I know about it is whatever people say about it on social media. I've never seen a minute of it. And I kind of need to because it's, you know, it's a a, a phenomenon. It is a cultural phenomenon, yeah. I imagine it would be what an acid trip felt like if you were a turkey. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'll give that a go tomorrow then. (laughs) Next, after this elaborate uh, Victorian period dance routine, song and dance routine, mm. during which he treads on a rake. Why was there a fucking rake? It just doesn't hold together. Anyway, there's a, a sketch with Les in his living room talking about, you know, Christmas and shit. 
and Brian Glover comes in and starts slowly but surely disassembling the entire room. Yeah. For, yeah. you know, cutbacks, BBC cutbacks. Yeah. It's quite a sort of anti-BBC show in, um, a, in, in that way that BBC shows are, as yeah. a sort of sop. Yeah, I mean... I, I, to I, people who think that the BBC are a Marxist organisation. No, I think it's just a bunch of cheap jokes, isn't it, really? Yeah, it you is. Know? It's dog shit. It's, um... It's, it's like, um, oh, aren't they racy? To making fun of the BBC like that. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't even think it. I don't even think it gets near that particularly. Actually, they then move on to this sketch that is set in an office. Oh, the BBC scheduling meeting. Yeah, and again, you know, they're having a go at the BBC again. They put the same programmes on every year and have done every year since 1978. Yeah, that's the joke. That's the joke. Except and the sound of music is, a, which is a running gag throughout this. Yeah, f- makes its first appearance here. What I don't follow: there are three characters in this. There are two people, Lisa Maxwell, presumably, yes. and yeah. some bloke, and some bloke on one side of the desk, and Les Dennis on the other. Yeah, and they are interviewing him for the job. Yeah, yeah. I the think. job, the job, which is in fact is feeding them lines. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but the weird thing about it is that he's playing the straight man. It's incredible, isn't it? Why is I've got just got written down here? Why is Les Dennis still playing the straight man? He was kind of the straight man to Dustin G. Yeah, and why is he playing the straight man? Do you think that there is a presence in this program, the ghost of Dustin G, to the point that it should probably be put in the in the end credits? I don't know, because I don't know how much stuff he'd done before this. If this was like the first episode of a comedy programme that he'd done for the BBC since Dustin G I think died. this had been carried on, yeah, they had carried on since. Right, so if he's been going all the way through, it was, what, five, six years ago, four years ago? Uh, yeah, about five years. Five years ago. Um, then he should really be past that by now in terms of his professional career I mean nobody can quite tell someone how to manage their emotions how to process grief how to process loss, how to process like you know, yeah. the thing that you rely on for your yeah. job but don't inflict it on us for god's sake <laughs> but five years down the line he's still playing the straight man, it feels as though there is a Dustin G shaped hole right in the middle of that show where he should be after that Christmas schedule sketch, the show just kind of turns weird. First of all, there's that, that, like this brief kind of psycho sketch. Yeah. Sketch, which is like the shower scene. But it's Les Dennis who's in the fucking shower. And it's yeah. like, mate, you, you keep turning up in the wrong places. Yeah. And the he's whole... eventually, the, the curtain goes back and he's assaulted. Well, not so much assaulted as sung at by a nun from... The Sound of Music. Yeah, it, and it's just, I don't, you know... Lisa why, Maxwell getting Les Dennis's jokes. Yeah, or just do that the other way round. Why, again, why are you being used as the prop to throw a joke to someone else? It doesn't make any sense. And then, of course, they bring on a fucking yo-yo expert. <laughs> the thing about yo-yoing is... Is it fair... I mean, I've never really been in any... In, in, yo-yo involvement at all I've, it's never been something that has interested me then 
in any times I've ever had any experience with a yo-yo, I've gone, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, but there must be a limit to how good you can really get with two yo-yos, which is what we're talking about here. I have seen uh, people who are properly good at yo-yoing. Yeah. And it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. But, but this, this guy, this <laughs> this lanky streak of piss. Well, he looked he like... Wasn't, he, he was not one of those guys. He looked like Glenn Hoddle with big sideburns. See, I had uh, Fergal Shark. <laughs> Something of the sharkies about him. It was something weird. He looked a bit like Guy Martin. Do you know Guy Martin, the uh, motorcycle racer and TV documentarian? Vaguely, yeah. Big, big old mutton chops. Yeah. Like aggressively, check out my mutton. Here's yeah. a couple of mutton chops. Yeah. But he yo-yoed. The full Ray Dorset. 28 minutes, this programme is. And he yo-yoed for two minutes thirty seconds of them. Yeah, and the and the and, and the problem with him yo-yoing for two minutes and thirty seconds, and this is where we really get to the nub of the matter, <laughs> is that this yo-yo is practically invisible. It's too fucking small. It's, it's not yeah, like yeah. illuminous. If it's, it's if it's illuminous and they dim the lights, yeah. then then okay, you know that might be worth watching. It's but... why ice hockey will never replace football <laughs> as a TV sport. It looks like a man just standing there flicking his hands. Yeah. And for two and a half minutes, you're trying to, oh, presumably that's quite good. But no, I mean, the proper ones, you know, your proper champion yo-yo-ists. I don't know what the name for Well, they'll put it in the Olympics soon. We'll find out. He starts yo-yoing and you think, that's a bit weird. Because we're back out in the Victorian set, which they make... You know, pretty decent use of, to be fair. Your tax money working. You go, well, this is a bit weird, because they didn't have yo-yos back then, particularly, as far as I know. I wonder what's going to happen. Where's this going to come from? Are we going to get Gary Sparrow coming? But no, he just carried on yo-yoing, and then he stopped yo-yoing, and it turned out that that was it. Yeah. A a two and a half minute yo-yo act on... Probably primetime television. Well, I mean, he's got pretensions of trying to... He, he's trying to do some political satire, some current affairs stuff. Mm. Uh, he's got to chuck in some Christmas. Mm. Um, impersonations. Uh, Although they're very thin on the ground. I was expecting more. Yeah. The only real impersonation that he did was Gaza. Which I thought was an unusual choice. Not because, obviously, I mean, Gaza was the biggest name in the country in 1990. But Les Dennis can't do a Geordie accent. Oi! Oi! Gaza here! And he doesn't look like Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> and the first joke is, like, it's funny because he's an alcoholic. I, uh, the first thing I wrote, I wrote down, when he, he first appeared as Paul Gascoigne, I wrote, he's going to cry. As if, as if I were going to put it in an envelope and reveal it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, of course he's going to cry, and he does cry at certain... It's just so lazy. Yeah, it's just not... It's, it's like, do some Gaza stuff. I can't really do a Geordie accent. Um, uh, just do stick, it anyway. <laughs> yeah, just stick an England shirt on, stick your tongue out your mouth, and pretend to cry. <laughs> 
I don't even know Paul, who, who Paul Garus Goyne is. Um, That's Coigny. <laughs> That's Coigny. Who's this fella? Yeah, it's just this sort of series of just dismal, by-the-numbers, stale jokes. Well, there and, is a sketch which launches itself as Yule Street Blues and they play the Hill Street Blues music and they have it on the screen in the same... This was absolute white-hot horseshit. The same, you know, the same style. And then it just goes to something completely different that's got nothing to do no, with Hill Street nothing. Blues in any way. It's not a send-up of it in any way. No. It doesn't... It's a Scouse Father Christmas giving a pep talk to all of his employees before yeah. a day's work at the fucking yeah. department store. Well, I mean, I know that they always used to... Oh, OK, they always used to do that in Hill Street Blues. Well... So, that's... That's... But that's it, is it? It's so... No, it's so thin. It's, it's just so thin. I'll tell you what, that, that gruel was so thin <laughs> that it flew over my head the first time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I only realised it as you were saying it then. I was like, that's that's what they do at the start and end of each episode of Hill Street Blues. No matter whether they're rich or poor, this is Christmas. So let's rip them off for every penny they've got. <laughs> Don't forget, be jolly out there. <laughs> and for some reason, he's a scouser. It's because it's an accent that Les is easy with. Oh, yeah. Being as he is, a, a scouser. <laughs> I would hate for Les Dennis to listen to this and think that, we, that I didn't like Les Dennis and I have didn't have any respect. I've got enormous respect for Les yeah. Dennis. It's why, you know, the trouble is we're watching one thing in isolation. And, and it's shit. It's shit. And he would probably tell us that there were production troubles from day one. And he's done some quality serious acting, hasn't he? He's done some quality... Yeah, he's he, done some... He, 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 he was in... He was in... The acting. Club... Uh, which was a recurring sketch in the Reeves and Mortimer, Bang Bang It's Reeves and Mortimer series, playing himself, and he was excellent in that. Right. Bang Bang It's Reeves and Mortimer is, as far as I'm concerned, the closest thing to art that British comedy has ever produced. And and Les Dennis is in that, and therefore, good. And he, yeah. You know, he's Les Dennis. He's, he's lovable, isn't he? Yeah. Lovable leave Les him, Dennis. Leave, leave yeah. hashtag leave Les Dennis alone. Um... Hashtag leave Les Dennis alone, Edward and Ian. But this was, yeah, this was white hot pig spunk, and it was. <laughs> yeah, they, they, this was no good. Yeah, there's it a was party. Rotten. There's a party sketch. Office party sketch. Mm. The worst of all party sketches. And I thought he was doing an impersonation of somebody, and I couldn't work out who the impersonation was. But actually, it turns out that I don't think he was doing it. I think he was just a. It was obviously he'd been having a wank in the stationery cupboard that was heavily implied, mm. and then he comes out trying to crack on to a woman. But the joke is that the woman doesn't want to be prized away from the buffet. Yeah, unfortunately, the woman was being played by the waif thin <laughs> Lisa Maxwell. Yeah, who clearly could leave that buffet anytime she liked. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just it's just rubbish jokes. They're yeah. just tired old setups. Yeah, it, it kind of it's got a feeling of oh, can we just get to the end of this? Can we just get to the end of it? Move on to the next thing, and maybe that'll be better. Except this time, it's a fucking bloke playing the fucking violin, like a prick. 
I know. And I thought, is he playing? Is he serenading the homeless? Because of course, after I've watched a two and a half minute yo-yo act, yeah. I don't know. I'm I, every every time that there's a scene change, I think this might be the last thing in this. <laughs> it yeah. might just be a fifteen minute long violin recital. Yeah, but no, it was, and it led into a joke about people who were waiting outside a shop for a sale. I'm getting fed up with this. I've been here so long, they started charging me poll tax. The, this intense fog of sadness descends. Yeah, I just I and mean, at the depths of your and Leslie's despair, there's a monologue piece by Lisa Maxwell. A uh, Cinderella. She, yeah, she's you know fresh out of Rada and too yeah. good to be playing in a pantomime. Mm. I don't how, like I don't like comedy monologues. How long does that go on for? It felt like about fifteen minutes. I know it was. Yeah, it was probably about. And I'd seen a yo-yo act. It was probably about three or four minutes, something like that. Yeah, but it felt like it just went on and on and on. And I, I mean, I, I, I just switched off, so I probably didn't hear the last couple of minutes. Of my it notes, was. my notes on it were Nina Mishkoff jokes, Bucks Fizz jokes. Pantomime horse enters. It's Janet Street Porter. Oh, yeah. Henry Kelly yeah. is the back end. Blue Peter jokes. EastEnders jokes. George Best as Baron Hardup. It's funny because he's very troubled, man. Yeah. Jason Donovan is gay joke. That escalated quickly. Yeah. It was, it was seemingly endless. And you just felt sorry for everyone involved, really. And again, I've got nothing against Lisa Maxwell. Lisa Maxwell was sufficiently well-liked that she got a series on the BBC called The Lisa Maxwell Show. So as she could rightly say to me, come back to me when you've had a six-part primetime BBC series called The Edward Carter Show. Can we? Can we? (laughs) Can we? What a show that would be. <laughs> a lot of it would be crying. <laughs> <laughs> all, of it, all of it. All of it would be crying. Crying and confessing. <laughs> they don't call him Edward the Confessor. I'm your next door neighbour. Oi, where do you live? Oh, God, what's that terrible smell? Oh, that's me up this year. <laughs> would you like some? I'm doing a 4,000 creates. I'm sorry to trouble you, but um, I'm having a little soiree. Oh, no. I never eat fish myself. I seem to have run out of coffee. I don't suppose you could possibly... Well, why don't you come in and we could... uh... I beg your pardon. (laughs) Cold, bland, Gazza appears again after the... I mean, at this point, you're measuring time in a geological perspective. But Gazza comes back in with a gold blend advert. Yeah. And, and it, again, it's not funny. And again, it's kind of just crowbarring. And they're like, right, OK, what are we going to do? He's still dressed as Paul Gascoigne. What are we going to do with him? <laughs> um, How much more time have we got to fill I, in this I've thing? I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. He's making all his money at the moment from TV adverts. That's how thin for this one. He's done the brute one already, you know. Let's get him, get him to do uh, a coffee one, you know, or, or get him to do another advert. What sort of TV adverts are there? Coffee. Do you reckon they wanted to do milk? They, they, do you, they wanted to do milk well. tray, but they didn't have the budget. <laughs> uh, well, you can't do it, in, you know, unless you're all, in all black, can you? 
Uh, I suppose so. Climbing up the side of a castle in an England football kit, <laughs> which of course is the only thing he ever wears. The big act at the end. No. The rock and roll dolls song. Well, there's that. There's that in what way is that a big act? Well, it's, it's Dennis. It's supposed to be a big act, but isn't it? It's these are all the unsold dolls in the toy shop. I, I have. Um, I, there are unsold. Every other doll: Janet Jackson, Madonna. Ninja Turtles, MC Hammer, all those dolls have been sold out. Yeah. And the only dolls left in the shop are the rock and roll dolls. Right. And the rock and roll dolls sing a song about the good old days. I'd say, and it's shit. (laughs) (laughs) And the dancing is shit. Considering how poor Les Dennis is as a singer, comparatively. Yeah. I think it's pretty bold of him to have two songs in a 28-minute episode. I'm... (sighs) I just, again, I don't know what it's trying to be. It, I mean, it, I, presumably it's trying to be some sort of pastiche of Greece. Yeah. But what what's that got to do with the 25 minutes that's immediately preceded it? Why is this the star turn at the end of the show? Because it is. This is like the grand finale. <laughs> Why? Why should I be interested in this? It's not like he's a good singer. It's not like he's a good dancer. He's surrounded by good dancers, but, you know, they're just dancers. <laughs> Why is dancing the lead act on this weird show that's already had a fucking yo-yo dude and a fucking violinist on it? Yeah. And a fucking Cinderella monologue. No part of any of this makes sense. The most upsetting thing about this, and actually I'm quite delighted because... This is the only programme on this list that the I picked. Yeah. Yeah. And as well as the content of it being so odious to you, yeah. the other thing you've got to factor in, and I don't normally go into this sort of thing, I'm not interested in resolution and so forth, I just celebrate the fact that people have access to this stuff at all. Yeah. But it was quite a poor copy. Yes. And the sound was quite bad in places mm-hmm. so it was quite unpleasant to watch as was, well as everything else <laughs> yeah it was unpleasant in every single way it was harassing it was yeah. like i had to turn the um i had to turn the i was watching it um like kind of my last hour at work this afternoon i have my i've got quite a big desk at home and uh and it's big enough for me to have i have my work laptop just to one side and then i have my my home laptop, my little laptop, right in front. Of Your wanking there. laptop. My wanking laptop. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Why do you call it that? <laughs> don't, don't ask. Oh, not that as well. <laughs> so I was kind of, I was working and I was like watching it sort of out the corner of my eye. That the sort of work that I do, it's a lot of spreadsheets and what have you. And sometimes it requires a lot of concentration, and sometimes it's something you can autopilot through. And I was on a job that I could autopilot through, so I was actually able to pay fairly close attention to this. And I was just watching it, and I had to turn the sound right up, so it was all—it was like my my laptop speakers were um, were hissing, you know, and the picture was all kind of grainy. <laughs> and um... I still, I salute the person who's put it up. Would the world be a better place? Without that footage, no. Because it was made for people to see. And it's not great. And the picture quality is terrible. (laughs) And 
we didn't like it. But that's not to say that someone wouldn't like it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that all of this, different people have different senses of humour, different periods of time. It had been have viewed. Of humor. It's been viewed thousands of times. Yeah, I didn't mention yesterday during the uh, BBC Micro Live podcast that this morning when I looked at it, it had been watched 26 times. And I know that two of those were us. <laughs> Appeal and, and so forth, an audience, are an interesting and fascinating... Yeah. Um... I just wish I hadn't watched it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I, I wish they hadn't made it. Oh no, you know, I mean, presumably, presumably, it did okay ratings wise. Presumably, there were enough people who did want to watch it because that's the thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah, but here's my question: because I was ten years old, so one, I'm ten years old, don't know anything, don't know mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Two, quite like Les Dennis. I, I enjoyed his work in um, Russ Abbott, right? Which he was, I think, already doing at the time, right? I'm pretty much in the wheelhouse of this. It's funny that. It's funny you should mention Russ Abbott, because Russ Abbott is the first experience of, of my life that I had in my life. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's a later episode about... It's when when he was on ITV uh, on a weekday evening. I don't know if it's a Monday or a Wednesday, one or the other. I'm talking mid-90s here. And I remember sitting down on the sofa, and this just this was like the only thing that was on. And and I watched it, and it was the first time in my life that watching a TV program, a contemporary TV program that was on the air at that moment, that I thought, this looks really dated. This is really old-fashioned. <laughs> and that was about... In fact, I think he might have been on BBC One at the time. He might very well have been. But yeah. it was, yeah, it was a kind of slightly later sort of period. Les Abbott. used to do Mavis Wilton on uh, the Ross Abbott show. Well, I didn't really know that. <laughs> I didn't really know <laughs> that. Jesus Christ. But no, it's, you know, I, he's got <laughs> he's got a place. You know, yeah, and he's done some fine things. work. And this has, is not it. This, But this is, no, this is not it. What was your festive highlight? None. None? Don't Even though so. there was a full Victorian street snow scene. <laughs> no, fuck that. <laughs> all right, okay. There was a pantomime horse. I, I do. Oh, all right. All right but all then right. they ruined that by making a, by a, a lazy sh- Janet Street Porter joke. My festive horse. highlight was the Victorian street scene, but specifically the bit where they had the yo-yo act, because <laughs> I think that's one of the most admirable Dadaist pieces of art I've ever seen. To have a yo-yo act on BBC One at seven in the evening or whatever. Of course. Three days before Christmas. Because it was a fucking yo-yo, it can't have been the most Dardarist anything you ever saw because you couldn't fucking see it. Yeah, well, obviously. It had its falling down. Yeah. And it was, at the end of the day, it was a two and a half minute yo-yo act. Tomorrow. Because they not got Mavis Wilton out. (laughs) Yeah, tomorrow... A Christmas Night with the Stars, 1972. I know, my first Christmas. Imagine that. Little baby Ian in his little baby nappy. In his little baby manger. Yep. <laughs> the donkeys and the sheep. Away Ian a manger. 
Well, on that note, I don't want to get them flooding back. Yep, we'll be back same time again tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.